welcome to the Absolute Guard podcast. Uh, this is an absolute extra, and uh, we're going to be talking about Street Fighter Six today uh, in a one-on-one -on -one chat with King Hippo, aka Tanner. Hey, everybody! Going, good Tanner? to be back. Awesome. What's up? Awesome. So, um, in the previous panel episode we had with T Dot and Tanner, uh, we we talked a lot about Street Fighter Six and the impressions of the beta, but realistically there's so much to talk about with the the drive gauge and the general system mechanics and the character balance and the intents behind a lot of these different uh decisions in this game that we decided we wanted to keep talking about it basically <laughs> there's uh, a lot to talk about it's uh it's something else it's really something to uh to dig your claws into yeah yeah so i guess um why don't we go ahead and get started here? What's your what's your favorite drive mechanic, Tanner? We'll just see where it takes us. <laughs> well, I definitely think that the, the drive parry would definitely be, I think, the parry. best the best thought out mechanic so far. Um, you know, everybody obviously was really want to talk about the um, the drive rush and especially the uh, oh gosh, I'm already losing what the name is. Drive impact. Oh, drive impact. There you yeah. go. Di. Um, everybody, you know, want to talk about that. And I, I definitely agree. There's a lot about those that are very interesting, but uh, I think kind of unsung has been the drive parry, which I actually think is a really smart mechanic. I think it uh, will add a lot to the game. And in my experience, although it's very limited, I have had a lot of success with it. I guess I would ask because you happen to play as being in the first beta, you got into the second one by default. I only got into sure. the second one. So I was going to ask that you've had a little bit, more hands-on experience with me what has been your experience using um, like drive parry or trying to, to mess with how it works and things of that nature yeah so um some just some ground information about it ground level information about it drive parry is a button that you can hold and uh you you will enter essentially a blocking stance and you'll absorb any attack and get the associated drive meter back from absorbing those attacks if you hit it hit it hit the button um at the right time specifically it's a one to two frame window it's a two frame window if i recall correctly yeah. so the moment you press it yeah. yeah and if that if that parry stance collides with an active hitbox on frame one one or two you'll get a perfect parry animation um big slowdown guaranteed yeah. combo on most things yeah and uh i think that so what, what was cool about learning to use it uh over the course of the two betas was that um the it was hard to mess it up um and that's by design because of the the hold mechanic behind it where if i hit the parry too early then you know my perfect parry doesn't come out and i just immediately go into the the absorb animation and so the risk of going for it is is significantly smaller like you don't have you don't have to worry about messing it up like a wake up dp or something like that or a wake up button and doing it at the exact timing you could theoretically forego the the perfect parry altogether and just the moment you your character hits the ground hold the parry button um and so by default as a as a new player in the first beta i just didn't really know like that just was too foreign to me. Um, so I didn't use it as much until closer to the end of the first beta. And there, um, it still like was too hard to really go through and try it for perfect parry uh, because the timing varied depending on the player. Uh, more specifically, uh, you can't parry, you can't practice a defensive mechanic against people that don't have offensive capabilities yet. That don't even know what's happening. Right. right. Yeah. And so my experience in the second beta is I got way more mileage out of it um, because 
at that point, people had, had figured out how to do meaties. And I think that's going to be the primary application for a parry, a perfect parry in, in um, normal play is that if you get knocked down and somebody comes at you and then goes for a meaty, a meaty by definition hits you on frame one of your wake up. And so theoretically, the timing for getting a perfect parry is universal. Um, so you basically, if you guess that they're going to go for a meaty, you go for the parry. Um, and uh, it should happen way more often than guessing a, guessing a parry in neutral, if that makes sense. I think that I think you're absolutely right. I think that, um, like you said, it's hard to mess up. And um, just for to re- for the record, you you keep referring to it as a button, which is true. Parry technically is uh, both medium punches and kick. I think Correct, held yeah. together, but you can bind it to a single button. Which, in my opinion, if you play on on a gamepad, you're gonna have a pretty nifty advantage. Because like I, you know, I like to use a, a snack box. I have this yeah. snack box micro and while I like using it, uh, my finger, my pinky, I just, I'm not dexterous enough to like reach over and tap my pinky for a single button. I'd probably use both, but really that's quite the advantage to have a frame one parry that is, that guards everything but throws. So right. high lows, all that stuff. And you can just tap it. And um, I think uh, it's one of those things that like, it's a great mechanic for, we talk about this a lot. Um, because, you know, shocker, my opinion is that a lot of people like fighting games but are very bad at talking about why they like them or um, <laughs> really kind of breaking it down. But uh, one of the things that is really hard to explain uh, without like a visual reference is like uh, the rhythm of fighting games. Now, you and I are both veterans at this point. We kind of know. So I- I'll put you an example just so and I'm sure. sure anyone who's listening who's been playing could understand this. Like, let's say you're playing as Ryu. You do a jump in hard kick. You stand medium punch. You're at plus frames. But instead of pressing that, you walk back a little bit, and then you immediately hit crouching medium kick. Now, what you're doing is you're you're walking backwards so as to invite someone to walk forward or press something in, maybe thinking there's going to be a throw coming, and the crouching medium kick hits them out of that, and you go into move. Right? That's a simple rhythm. It's like a spacing trick almost that you do. Just it it works on a lot of people. Now, what the parry is going to do is if you feel that's coming but you don't know how to stop it, you can always hit left trigger or whatever it might be bound for you. And that will interrupt that. And no matter what they do, as long as they don't go for a throw, uh, you're not going to, you're not going to get hit. You're going to be able to make a read while still being relatively safe, find out what they do, find out their rhythm, and then use that, turn it against them. And I think it's just a really smart way. Cause you, as you said before, Perry in most games is like a tap forward motion at the mm-hmm. last second. Um, which is good, I think, for advanced players. It definitely gives them something to chew over. But uh, as we talked about when I was on the panel show, very prone to like uh, use of like option selects and right. you know, buffering it into moves and things like that that make it. And it's also not a visible thing. So if you're a new player, you really don't know what's going on. It's really hard to look at matches right. like say Street Fighter Three and understand that there's actually a lot of some of those parries you see aren't just it just galaxy brain mind reads. They're actually you know well, they kind of dialed that into their move and are kind of expecting it. Uh, so it is just a really, in my opinion, like as if you're a new player and you start to understand how people like to bait out attacks and kind of preemptively throw out these moves, you can do a left trigger parry and see, oh, this is what they do. Oh, they didn't do it? Okay, we're back off. We're back to just normal. Because like I said, unless they throw you, 
or they have a way to throw you, you're not going to get punished for it because you can block during the recovery of it, even though there is like a, a little bit of recovery time before you uh, can get back to moving. But right. it's uh, that those kind of things I think are really important in understanding, helping a person develop uh, what we would call fighting game fundamentals, which is kind of a woo term, but it, it's something, I mean, it's, it's a tangible thing. We just, we're, it's hard to explain and it's even harder to show, but I think a parry mechanic will help do that for new players. I think so, you know, like we, we think a lot about why fighting games are popular. Um, and, uh, you know, we, in our case as players, we're like, we like playing the read based game and trying to read our opponents. And part of the reading is, is figuring out timing. Right. Um, but I also think a lot about casual players and how they first get into fighting games. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a significant subset of the fighting game community got into fighting games because of evo moment 37 um and so what ends up happening is you see like the best of the best parrying all of chun li's sa2 you know and you as a player are like i want to do that and then you actually play the game in third strike with the parries being all option selects and it being really like precise and hard and if you mess up you eat the whole super like it's hard. And so it, it made it really difficult for people to like want to get into fighting games because it's, in my opinion, it's like, cause it's like, I want to do the cool thing that I saw somebody else do. And I can't because the, the execution barrier is too high. And this parry, the, the implementation for parry in uh, six solves that problem by making it a hold button. and makes it easier. Right. By the same token, a lot of the problems for the hardcore players with three were was that there wasn't any penalty for doing parry because you could OS it, like you said, where you'd get into this OS trap, right? And it's analogous to throws in a lot of ways, where you know, one button throws in previous games, you, you would you wouldn't get a throw whiff animation, you'd get a heavy animation or something, right? A fierce button would come out, and then or a strong in in in, uh, in Street Fighter Two. And so you never really got like a clear idea or visual feedback from what your character is doing or what your opponent's doing. And in this instance here, by adding a, essentially what is a recovery period to, to a parry rather than making it hold be forward, uh, you are providing information to both players to allow them to have that conversation and have that read based mental model better. Um, and I think that that's a really it's something as simple as just adding a, a parry whiff animation in the same way that adding a throw whiff animation changed a lot of street fighter. Um, I feel like this implementation doesn't make it option select proof per se, but it, it, it pulls back the curtain on a lot of the, the cool parts about parry that somebody watching Evo moment 37 will then be able to see and appreciate. And I really, I really like that. To get even into the nitty gritty about Perry, um, you are correct in that in that situation where the Ryu jumps in and then they do like a a, a a delayed string and walk backwards and Perry, you could theoretically fight your way out of that by just holding the button down. The other side of it is that the tap Perry is a real thing where if you if you tap it, you can actually like there's a recovery period on the Perry, but that recovery period is cancelable into a block, mm-hmm. and so you can actually recover in time to tech a throw. If you choose to hold it instead and kind of hedge your bets and be like, I'm going to cover all these options or whatever, 
by holding it, you are essentially leaving yourself more open to a throw. So you can do things like tap parry, release it really quickly so you don't incur too much of a, a penalty so you can still tech a throw afterwards. But then that also makes it so someone will be like, well, I, I just saw this guy parry. I'm going to ba walk backwards and shimmy. So that way when they try to tech a throw after tapping parry, you know, there's a whole another layer to that mind game now just based all on the recovery period of that parry. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there, and then there's another complicated layer, which I'll, I'll hold off on for a little bit, but you can drive rush. You, you hold a parry, double tap yes. forward, and now you're drive rushing, right? Yeah. And that is a powerful move, and it doesn't – and when you parry, when you do it from a parry, it doesn't cost as much. Mm -hmm. So as far as drive meter, you know, it's half for the parry, half for the drive rush. So it takes about one. Yeah. So that's something to think about too, is that even if you whiff a parry, you can then, if you think – well, I'm kind of in a bad situation. I can drive rush. And that most of the time will be you running in with a big move to get some frame advantage. And you're pretty much going to be guaranteed to get. And then you can build your offense from there. It's just a really well layered. I like the way you framed it as like a conversation. Like it, it's an information gathering right. thing that you can do that will help you figure out what. And it's a, it's like it's a it's a hard rule, too. Like it's no matter as long as you get it out and you hold it, you're going to block everything. Right. I think that sometimes there needs to be moves like that um uh, i always you know i don't i'm not a huge player of it but i always very much greatly respect virtua fighter because i think as simplistic as it is it's very very deep and the reason for that is because there are hard and fast rules that always matter one of them is for example that a punch or a strike will always or will always be a throw there mm -hmm. is no like there is no like well technically it's on like the fifth frame it does it's like no for the first frame, if you're in an attack animation, you will beat somebody throwing you. So right. That is the direct counter to it. So in this case, it's like, okay, what's the direct counter to, like you said, a meaty or someone jumping in on me as I'm getting up for doing like a safe jump? Mm -hmm. I could parry it. And that at least gets me the time. I don't have to worry about what side are they going to land on. Uh, is it going to be an overhead or a low? I can right. at least do this move. It's going to give me some breathing room to think, okay, what am I going to do next? Are they going to throw? Do I want to do that? Do I want to keep holding parry because I think they're going to do another move? Already, you can see the uh, the multiple layers of mind games that could apply between two talented players. And then, just if it's a simple player, they're going to parry the first one. And you could probably throw them afterwards, and they won't even know that they can throw tech. So it's like right. you can definitely take advantage of someone not knowing, while at the same time, it's the same animation will provide layers of uh, depth for more experienced players. Yep. And I think that um, that's why I like the drive parry so much. I think... Uh, it's going to open the window. Uh, another common tactic that uh, if you play fighting games a lot, you know, is that people for obvious reasons will like to try to cross you up uh, when you're in the corner. They like to jump <laughs> out and do a cross up. It's just, the, it's natural, right? That's what you want to do. Yeah. Well, now that you have the drive, the drive parry uh, and it's actually not too bad because most people, when you're doing like a cross up, you're going to hit it like the exact same part. Most of the time you got to wait a little bit. Um, it, during the beta, I got a lot of perfect parries on a cross up out of the corner. Someone just trying to jump out and I couldn't quite react with the dragon punch yet. I haven't really got the, the execution board, but I can perfect parry because I know they're going to do it and I can throw them back into the corner and I get a punish counter because it's a throw on a whiff recovery from a jump, jump attack and they lose the bar and they're back in the corner. So I have uh, better answers to commonly kind of annoying tactics that are sometimes difficult to really react to, but you just, just one button. I didn't think I about do. that. Yeah. Like you can consider, you can consider it a budget anti-air. Um, budget. Yeah. 
but even then it's not necessarily budget because it's not objectively worse it's kind of kind of reminds me of like dragon ball uh 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 the auto combo system where that was made for beginners and the parry system isn't actually made for beginners but bear with me on that it, it's sure. it's a tool that's made for beginners but it's still used in high level play it has a practical application for it and that you you can use it as your combo starters the parry it's got just enough reward where it doesn't get it doesn't become obsolete as you level up. It's still relevant for the entirety of your skill climb, I think. Yeah, it's not as, just as a, a crutch. Yeah. Yeah, because I it's think still sometimes for that to to side switch sometimes, like you said, in that in that position where they jump over you, they crossed you up in the corner, and you want to th- back throw them back in there. Like it's worth going for parry than or over a crosscut DP. Yeah, for sure. Or um, I I I had a video on Twitter on uh, Twitter. I might uh, I might retweet it again just so people could see it. But I was fighting a jury. And she, twice in the match, she would do the dive kick just, you know, willy nilly. And I would just wait at the last block. So I tapped the parry and I'd got a perfect parry. So it was like just like a random dive kick or whatever. If it's slow enough, I could just kind of tap parry. And odds are, you know, hell, if I, I get the perfect parry, great. Um, if I get a regular parry, you know, uh, right. at least I got my frames back and I didn't get pushed back as much. So it's really kind of a win win. I kind of uh, compared it to. In Mortal Kombat 11, they have Flawless Block, which is their version of sort of a parry or a perfect parry where you have to hold block in that game, obviously. And if you get it within a three-frame window, you get into a position called Flawless Block in which you can now do either an invulnerable uh, kind of uppercut attack that gets them off of you, or you can launch them. And what that did in that game, really what it ended up doing was that a lot of people don't like in in Mortal Kombat, which has more of like a 3D fighter-ish frame data. Actually, not too dissimilar to Street Fighter Six. A lot of stuff is negative. Okay. And a lot of it hits the fastest stuff hits high. So a lot of players, what they'll do is they will mash like a ducking, a ducking attack, which doesn't lead to much, but it's really annoying. Just someone's machine gunning, just these pokes at you. So sure. what you can do is like a lot of times what they'll, you know, some players do is they'll get into negative frames and then they'll just tap block real quick. And a lot of times if you are machine gunning or trying to do it as fast as possible, you'll hit, you'll get flawless block and they'll get launched. And so if you watch high level MK 12, MK 11, that happens all the time. Okay. It's uh, it, it's that rhythm that we talked about that that information that people pick up they understand now and now they can counter it, and I think Perfect Perry will probably do something similar where um, I've even had it done sometimes I did it on accident where like I was fighting a Jamie, and Jamie did like two jabs walked up walked back did crouching medium kick in a record. totally common like oh I'm just gonna mm-hmm. catch you just trying to walk backwards, what I did was I blocked the crouch medium kick and i perfect parry the wrecka oh the wrecka okay yes so perfect because there is a small gap it. yeah there's a small gap but my guess is you'd have to do an ex uppercut or something which is kind of expensive i don't really want to do that but sure. if i could parry it i don't get pushed back as much or i get the perfect parry and i get at least something to take advantage of swing the momentum back my way so i think there's going to be a lot of those situations where there's like these little tiny gaps that normally you know a character with like a reversal might be able to get through Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you can at least sneak a parry in because it's only one frame or the, yeah. the startup is the first frame. You can sneak in through gaps to take advantage of that. And sometimes you might get that perfect parry or at least just a parry at all. You're going to get drive meter back for getting it. Uh, you get there's a tangible reward just for doing it, um, right. obviously, with fireballs. And because if, if you block moves, you lose um, drive meter. Right. It's objectively uh, better to, to, to parry if you can, because you can get the drive meter that you would have lost from blocking something. Exactly. For the fireball is a great example. You see a lot of people, uh, a lot of, when I see a lot of footage, you see a lot of people get hit. Uh, just, it looks like they walked into a fireball and I could tell what they were trying to do was hit both buttons to do parry. Yeah. They were just missing the timing, but you and you can perfect parry a fireball and there is no huge animation, but you get the same like instant recovery. 
mm-hmm. too. So that's something too. You could perfect parry a fireball and just keep walking forward at an even faster pace. And it's just uh, that's definitely my favorite mechanic. I, I think it's uh, I think it's gone slept on a little bit just because, like you said, it's when you don't know anything, it's kind of tough to really take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think when we get to a high level, you're going to see, you know, tactics that, uh, like I've seen you do this a lot, and I think it's a really good idea. It's like drive rush forward with Chun Li and do her down forward hard kick. And she flips into the air and you yeah. have no idea where she's going. But right. I would imagine if I was a little bit sharper, I might've just said, well, hell, I'm going to parry that. Yep. And I don't even know what side it's going to land on, but it doesn't know matter. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. And even if she does, is it frame advantage? Cause she used it at drivers. I don't know if she is. I, it, that's better than just me. Okay. I'm going to guess on which side it is. And hopefully I'm right. Cause otherwise I'm going to eat a lot of damage. Yeah. Uh, situations like that, you know, it's just, uh, you have a counter. I, and I that's do the think... great thing about fighting games. Yeah, I so in 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 some ways it distills uh the game plan to strike through a block, right? But I think that so with 5 it felt like they were trying to please everybody and trying to keep everything balanced, right? And we we we've we've talked at length about how that whether or not they succeeded or or failed in that endeavor. Definitely um, up for debate, yeah. Yeah, I for this game um with the parry system in particular, like it feels like they committed to a vision uh, and wanting this parry. And I, I could see people not liking six because of this parry, because there are people out there. A lot of times they're anime players. A lot of times they're Marvel players. They really like the mix. They like left, right. Like there are characters in street fighter that are designed around left, right mixups. Viper was like that. Ibuki was like that. I played like that for a long time. I loved left, right. I liked making my blocks ambiguous. Um, but also from a player standpoint, like when, when you're on the receiving end of it, it sucks. Not, it's not fun blocking cross up and guessing essentially. And you don't feel like you got outplayed all the time. But I think there are a subset of players that are going to be like, my left, right, high, low game is completely trivialized by this parry mechanic. And so I don't really want to play the game anymore. Um, I, I think that that could be a potential drawback to this this game. I, I personally really like it right now. But again, it, 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 changes, it changes defense so much and removes a lot of basic Street Fighter fundamentals like cross-ups um, from the game. Now they have to be. It has to be applied. The parry actually has to be applied to those cross ups, but I could see people in the long term when you know when parries are much more common, being like, "No, I wanted I wanted to do my high low game, but now I can't. <laughs> now I have to mix and throw." You know? Yeah. Um, I could see that. Now I, I like to think of it more as like um, taking away. I think is like I think this too much. So what I usually like to think of so. so I don't like this as much in Street Fighter 3, but now that I understand it more because I had someone explain it to me how it works, I can respect it. It's like the idea that parry in Street Fighter 3 because you can do it in the air means that you can't – it's hard to, to anti-air people. Right. And a lot of players who play it will say, well, kind of. It can make it hard to anti-air. But for the most part, a lot of people aren't like – you know, air parry is something that still has to – you have to do it first to get people to respect. And it is a read to do it, to do like an empty jump parry. Will people do it? Absolutely. But so like with cross-ups is the same thing. Yes, you're going to sometimes you're going to cross up the first time you're going to get perfect parried. You're going to feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. But if, as long as you still know, okay, sometimes if I just empty jump, they're going to parry and I'm going to throw them and it's going to hurt. There is, there is still counterplay. And as long as there's counterplay, I think you're going to see those options still exist because in order to, to 
overload someone's mental stack. You have to be able to do all those things, even right. if there's a, a, an option, a, an option to counter it. You know, no, not everyone's Doctor Strange, and they're looking and seeing the million different <laughs> things different, at all yeah. time. Even though at times it feels like that. Like when I played Killer Instinct, I remember sometimes people would combo break me, and I'd be like, "Dude, I can't!" Like three times in a row, and I'd be like, "Dude, I can't!" Like this yeah. is <laughs> this is so like, how are they seeing so far in the future? It's not that. It's just that there's there is there's just a it's like a, it's like gambling. It's just there's just yeah there is a, a chance that you can do it, and why not go for it? And if you do, great. If you don't, there's you can learn better for later. And so I think as as long as there's not, I would say high low too because they've added drive rush in and overheads now instead of like Street Fighter Five where they're just these pissy little moves that, that right. didn't really do anything and they were really unsafe. Now it's like not only are they all mostly safe, but drive rush them and now you get combo, combo. into Oki. Yeah, yeah, and and most <laughs> characters could do it from their crouch medium kick. They might be able to at least land a light. Maybe not the greatest option, but there is a high low that they can do. And while realistically you could, you know, oh, I see the drive rush. I'm going to parry. What if they just drive rush into throw? Yep. I think that's you fair. Know, so, so it's like, even though like taking away is like a certainly definitely like I think the autopilot, like I think the stuff like I'm thinking of like a Buki in Street Fighter 4. She does neck breaker. Yep. She does one timing yeah. and then yeah, she left, throws right. kunai. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You would be able to parry the kunai and it wouldn't. Okay. Now we're just back to playing again. Right. Now. What if, in theory, it's like she could either cross up or do the kunai? And so if she crossed up and I did the parry and I didn't hold it, well, now I'm blocking a cross up that I don't know where it's going. Like there's still a, a yeah, layer still there. of play there. I see what you're saying. Just like yeah. when delayed wake up got added in, right? Like that was the whole idea was like, well, if you delay get up now, she can't do it. And it's like, well, maybe initially, but people are going to figure something out you know, yeah. to, to get around that. So I just think that's a, it's the kind of thing that it's simple enough that players can like, Okay, well, how much? Well, how much? And the training mode is robust enough to where you can run this setup and go like, well, what are how many ways can I get around this? Um, which is what you want. Whereas in Street Fighter Five, I felt like there were a lot of situations where, or even in Street Fighter Four, there's a lot of situations that are more or less well, tough shit. Like it's Akuma sweeps you, he's gonna do a demon flip. I'm <laughs> yep, sorry, Ed, like I don't know what it. to tell you. Like yep. he's and if he lands and he does the the palm, he's gonna sweep you again. Like you just, I'm sorry. There is no way. <laughs> There's neck no breaker, counterplay, right? Yeah. Neck breaker. She's got, she's going to do the kunai. I'm sorry. You can't focus attack out. It doesn't work. Yeah. Cause that was always the problem I had was like, well, you can't even focus out. Cause that's what focus is supposed to do. Right. Like focus in, was like, okay, I'm going to absorb a hit and backdash. And it's like, well, what if they could also sweep the backdash? So you can't really, you can't really get out. Yeah. There were like, some characters <laughs> yeah. that there were some characters that could focus out of that stuff, but that's the problem is that it's, it's like hyper specific matchup character dependent ways out of this thing versus a universal option of strike throw and block and mm -hmm. i i actually I, I hear your point on there and that like yeah it's it's not that it's trivialized completely it's it's still there it's just now that like if i wanted to play a high low game i better make sure that, that make sure that there's a throw option in there yes if i play that's, a left that's right exactly game, it you i gotta make sure to there's the, a throw option there mm -hmm. which is why mortal Kombat. i think the false block makes a ton of sense because in mortal Kombat, you have to you can't um, you can't take a throw while you're blocking, and right. normally okay. throws are highs. But if you're blocking and crouching, you get thrown. And throws do fourteen percent. They're usually very very good. So and sometimes they have like an additional like crushing blow version where either you get launched for a combo or it does like thirty five percent. So okay. throws are really really strong in Mortal Kombat eleven. A lot of people complain about it, but I always tell people like they they have to be because yeah. otherwise you would never let go a block. If you can just throw me and I'm full screen again and there's no Oki or whatever, I don't care if you throw me. Uh, I, um, but in Street Fighter Five and Six now, 
you can see like Ryu, just as an example, his forward throw, even if you back roll, he could, if he, if, as long as he understands that you're back rolling, he does one dash. My guess is he's still in attack range or could just walk up and throw pretty easily. Yep. It's not like street fighter five where a lot of characters got the fourth throw and then you could just back recovery. And it's like, well, okay. You know, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I, um, from a, from a game design standpoint too, I find, I find it, I find the parry option to be a really elegant solution because we, we, we talked a lot about how this, it essentially simplifies the game. It doesn't remove the depth because the depth is based on the player to player interaction but it simplifies it down to strike, throw, and block. Um, and that's, uh, frankly, like that's good enough for me as far as like a fighting game player-to-player interaction. But when a beginner is picking that up, like like I'm talking like new to new to an arcade stick period, nobody ever fucking blocks, right? They always, no, they're, they're hitting all, buttons. Yeah. They're mashing, they're playing as active as possible. More likely, yeah. Yeah, and so if you're striking, you know, that makes sense. If you're throwing, that also makes sense because throwing is an option is a, is a is a two button active attack, right? Blocking mm-hmm. is a passive thing. You just you're using your left hand, you're using the other hand entirely. You're holding backwards and you're just kind of letting it happen. By adding a parry button, it makes your right hand and the player at like the beginner player in this case, they have to knowingly choose to do something to press that button. It then makes it completes that rock paper scissors triangle in my mind. I think that hundred percent. Block was always so passive. People always leaned on strike and throw, and they were mashing, and then they would because like everyone's seen their their little brother or their girlfriend or their boyfriend or whoever play, and they just start mashing, and eventually they figure out how to mash throw, so they'll mash throw instead. But no one ever mashes block, but now they can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. So um, back to the Virtual Fighter example, they they call that nitaku. Nitaku. Two. It's like two two forced alternate choice or something like that. It's the fancy name for it. But basically what they're saying okay. is strike throw, but it's their way of saying like, well, you can block, which is if you hold guard and if you hold forward and guard, that's throw, but throw will always lose to punch or kick. And you know, this will always lose to that. Like if you go, if you look at virtual fighter, you can see there's a lot of situations that they've accounted for. Like, for example, I saw one, it was crazy. Like no wake up, get up, kick will win on this frame it will always lose to this one thing. Oh. So it's like you get people who learn the timing well enough to where it's like, I can't even do that. You know, it's a hard rule. So I have to learn how to play around it. I think sometimes you need those. And I know some people feel it's limiting, but I think sometimes you need those hard rules because otherwise, if you can't even get the base game established, I think that's when people come in and feel like, well, what the hell's happening? Like, I don't even know what happened. I just yeah. died. And so when you have this rule, well, parry, left trigger stops all this. Yep. If you don't want to block, that's fine. You can hit left trigger it'll block for you. There are some risks to it, but you can do it. I think that is way better than like um, just throwing them in there with the sharks and just someone gets eaten up, eaten up, eaten up and has no way of like, I can't even defend against this. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Cause so, oftentimes it's like, I don't need, my character isn't doing the thing that I want them to do. Right. And then well, if you hit the parry button, the character goes into that stance, they turn blue. It's a, it's a lot of visual feedback yeah. for both you and for your opponent. Um, so you feel like you, like, it, I think it feels like this game just in general feels all about providing agency to the player and letting the players talk to each other as opposed to talking through the game. Right. Which uh, I think most people, uh, you hear the term, like the ex- player expression used a lot. And I think it yeah. can be kind of it's an esoteric term. term. Yeah. I know it's so vague, but like, sometimes it's like, you really have to like, 
Um, that kind of thing matters um, a lot. And I think whereas uh, when I talk about Street Fighter Five, I feel like there was, and it was only a couple mechanics. If they were changed, I think the game would open up entirely. But I feel like the priority system and like the way that you always had to account for back back tech and front tech at all times, it made you like, okay, I got to get my, I have to like auto do this stuff. If I'm mm-hmm. playing Cami, I'm always going to do crouch medium punch, crouch medium punch, stand medium punch. Like there is yep. really no reason for me to do anything other than that and then occasionally walk up throw. You know, it's just that's I will beat, and to defend against that, I can't, I can't throw a jab out between the two medium punches because I'll, I'll lose, yep. just naturally. Like there is no chance. Whereas, like that's an example of a hard rule that I, I feel like, I don't know if that's as good because, like, if it beats one option, fine, but it's like I there, I'd have to backdash. Like I think you mentioned, you could backdash, I guess, but that's not really doing much. You know, you're you're losing ground sometimes. Yeah, you're losing ground. Uh, you're taking a hit, which is also not an intuitive thing for a player to want to do. Is yeah, take to want to take a hit, yeah, right? to get out of a block string that is like super basic. Like, mm-hmm. costs no effort, but there is really no way to escape it. So you can see, like, I've, the first thing even I noticed when I played Evo at Evo um, Street Fighter Six for the first time was like, wow, I'm trading all the time. <laughs> yeah. That was the first thing that stuck out to me. Like, wow, I, there's trades happening all over the place. And it's because, yeah, there's no priority system. So now you see... Sometimes people hit like a fierce button and you hit it with your jab and you trade it with it. And some people win the trade. Some people lose the trade. I think that's great. I'm glad to see that back. And uh, now with the, the wake up too, it's like now it's the same timing no matter what, but sometimes you, you, you flee backwards. So you do have to walk up and reestablish, but for the most part, everybody gets, Oh, you threw it's the same timing. If you look at the, uh, the training mode counter, it's the same timing. It's just now they go backwards. So it's a guess, but it's not a guess where it's like, okay, now they're going to wake up, jab me, and I'm dead. Or I've lost the momentum because they, I misread the dashing, which never felt great in my opinion. Yeah, it it, kind of comes down to like how, how much the game takes, limits you or takes away from your decisions. Like if you, if you do something and the game doesn't respond in kind, or like, like, for example, like if I hit a button, if I hit a medium button and you hit a heavy button and they collide on the same frame, you know, my expectation is that my medium button still comes out uh, and then we get the trade. But, you know, in, in with the priority system with five, my medium button wouldn't even come out at all. I would just lose. Right. Right. And so it's all about how much does the, how much agency does the game take away from you from doing the thing that you wanted to do? And that decides like how fun it is in my mind. And I uh-huh. think that, like, the 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 priority system is a good example. The um the parry system is another example. Or again, you glow blue, so like you, you see it come out. Everything that you do that you want to do and the buttons that you press, they come out, and you get to see them come out. And then you get to see if you ride or die. By that. <laughs> but, yes. But in five, it was like, or in, in to, to some extent, in four, it's like, well, I'm hitting them, and they're building up a meter for getting hit. And I can't control that. I don't get to decide that I to just not hit them because the goal of the game is to to reduce their life down to zero. So by playing the game, I'm being punished for it. And marrying that with the comeback mechanic is really hard. And like in just in general, like you, like for V trigger is a good example where it's like I might die by playing the game as intended. Right. <laughs> right? They they swore me when they were at like less than half life and once, and it was like oh well, oh hell. Right. And so that, 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 that shitty feeling stems from, I don't have control over this gauge. This, this V trigger bar is going to build up and I can't do anything about it. 
but with the with your drive meter, your opponent's drive meter, you feel like you have some agency there. It's based on your decisions. If the, if the swing comeback happens because you burned all your drive, you can look back on it and be like, I did that. And then that keeps the game gets out of the way. Basically, right. you, you have a conversation with your opponent and the game isn't isn't throwing artificial limits at you. It still has those rules like in Virtua Fighter that you mentioned that are consistent, but you don't you don't feel like you're fighting the rules. You feel like you're fighting within the rules against your opponent. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the one thing. Like, so there's still like critical arts, right? Like that. Yeah, there's still come know, back it's a level three and it's like does a huge load of damage or whatever. But that's usually going to come in round two. It's probably not going to happen every game. Uh, and even like the level one super, like um, I was critical of this when I first talked about it, but the more I've thought about it, the more I kind of like it is how tiered off the super system is. Yeah. So it's like in this game, you got level one, which is pretty much solely an invulnerable reversal or it's defensive, right? A defensive mostly. You can technically cancel it into normals, but a lot of times that's usually just to sneak some damage or yeah, like Guile probably takes the most advantage out of it. You see a ton of people will cancel into Sonic Hurricane out of a target combo just to sneak some damage in. Yeah, I think it's okay. facing yeah. advantage too, right? It knocks them away because everyone's exactly, back yeah. teching by default out of the game. And a lot of times he can game. do the the upwards Sonic Hurricane into EX flash kick. Now they're full screen. Yeah, yeah. I remember Before, that. Guile <laughs> is the best, right? So that is so that for him, there's an example of that. But for the most part, most people, it's like this is your last chance against like when you're in burnout and you can't defend against like a drive impact coming your way. You at least have the level one super. Right. to get out it does a little bit of damage and it's and even when you so like if you do it in combos it's usually not worth it level two is where it's like okay either it's either a a more damaging ender that i can use i can cancel into from ex special moves because i can't do that with the level one right or it's an install super for some characters which just makes total sense right like that, that it's like a v trigger you get way better uh everybody has a two bar v trigger now which i think is much better no one likes the three bar and then you also tie character expression into that too, because each of the level twos are different. By and large, for level ones, all of the all the level ones are just straight up invincible reversals for every character. Yeah, the move might be of. different, but for the most part, it it does the it does one job. And yeah, that's, even now, even when we were looking at the new characters, I think like Geef had an invulnerable level one. You know, Cami had, I think, actually, I don't remember. Um, we didn't really see it, the super so much, but we. Yeah. Uh, my guess is it would be now there are some that are interesting, like Luke, for example, his is a tremendous anti-air and anti-fireball move. You his know, level one. That, yeah. Yeah. Where he shoots the 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 um, he the basically does a V trigger one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like a really solid move. And it juts you full screen too. Yes. Like no matter what, you get knocked the full screen. So there are some instances, and I've seen it too, where he could do like his jab target combo into EX uh rising uppercut and then do super. And that will knock you full screen where he's got a very good fireball. So he, you know, there's, there's definitely ways to use it. And then the sure. level three for most characters is just like a huge, great combo ender. It definitely unlocks a huge amount of damage for every character. And most characters can now actually land theirs in a combo. It's not like, well, there's some characters where they do a super and they can't really, you know, they're level three. They can't really use it other than now, obviously we have like Geef and something like that who may have a grab super. Right. That will obviously have to be used a different way, but that's the variety thing, right? Like that's what you want. Yeah. So I think it's great that um, the system is tiered off to where it's like, there's not like, oh, well, we're just going to do like, I think for a lot of characters, it's like, I do want to hold on to that level three. Like, I understand the reasoning for it. At mm. the same time, there are reasons where you may feel like, well, hey, I got to use my level one here. I don't have a choice, you know? Yeah. The way I group the three tiers is like, 
defensive for level one, utility for level two, and then um, comeback for damage. level three. Yeah, comeback. Yeah. yeah. Um, I say comeback because the the damage is there. Um, so the way the scaling works is that there's a minimum scaling on level ones where it minimizes at 10%, which is still pretty low. Uh, so if you attack a level one at the end of the combo, it's not going to be doing much more than even an OD move. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's usually not worth it. Level two, I believe, caps at 30%. Um, so it's a little bit more, but you still kind of feel, you start, you start to feel the damage nerf after you, you got a long enough combo. Um, but level three caps at 50%. And that's right. why, like, like you can get a perfect parry, right? And then eat all the extra scaling about oh, with perfect parry. We didn't even talk about scaling on perfect parry, by the way. It's a um, lot. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it drops it down to like max scaling right away. Yeah. But if you hit them with a level three, you still make that perfect parry hurt. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing that's really noticeable about the level threes in the beta uh, is that when we played, when I played it last December, like it was every level three I got hit by uh, did not provide Oki. Um, it was only ever like, with the exception of Jamie. Jamie's the only exception. Um, and Ken. Like, there are a couple, like, weird characters where they could choose to not combo the level three entirely. Like, Ken, you could choose to forego the cinematic and then just yeah. get double DP at the end, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Jamie, so his between his critical art and his regular level three, like, he can combo off the regular level three. The critical mm -hmm. art is just a full animation. That is so, no combo afterwards. What what they do though is that you in inherently take a damage nerf. Jamie notwithstanding, Jamie is a weird case, but um, in, in favor of getting Oki. So the level threes provide that versatility and flexibility to choose damage over um, uh, a setup over damage, essentially Oki over damage. Um, mm -hmm. But what was my point? Oh, the big point there is that. Early in the game's lifespan, I think level threes are more important because also they do a, a drive recovery uh, aspect yes. as well. Yeah. So you, let me try to think about how to describe this. So we haven't talked about drive rush at all, right? But if you do a drive rush cancel, there is a penalty for your drive recovery. You don't, if you were to do, for example, a uh, like a forward strong, like a Chun Li forward strong drive rush cancel into a button into Super Art 2. Your drive would not recover during the entirety of that Super Art 2. You pay a, basically a drive uh, recovery penalty. Mm. And that penalty is a time based penalty, but and it doesn't let up until the combo ends. So if I'm playing Chun Li and I'm doing Super Art 2 and I do my, I, I do it off of a drive rush cancel. I do my juggle afterwards, not building drive bar during that entire thing. For a level three, however, if I do forward strong drive rush cancel and combo into level three, level threes ignore that penalty. And so it'll right. it starts it during recover. the cinematic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So well Which, yeah, like the cinematic burns out the time it would take for the um it burns out the is the wrong phrase to put it, but it, it gives you enough time for that that drive bar to start building again, essentially. You don't incur the penalty from a drive rush. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I know if you look a lot of footage, you see that exactly happens. And yeah. what you don't incur a penalty, you're you take it from your opponent because I think the higher up you go, yes. the more drive rush that a super will take from the opponent. Like I think a level three one I think takes two. Yeah. Maybe one and a half. I, I think it's one and a half, and then for CA, if you're if you're in critical oh, art range, two. Okay. it takes two. I think so. Okay. 
Yeah. So that means like, so like, uh, you know, sometimes people I see to put people in burnout on purpose, they will do a, do a level three kind of early. And you're like, well, why'd they do that? And it's like, well, they put them in burnout. Yeah. And of course you want someone in burnout. Like that's the ultimate you know position you want to be in. Sometimes it's so, not even as like, it's not even just burnout. It's like, Hey, I want to get a drive lead, you know, um, because the drive gauge will dictate who's attacking, who's defending a lot of times. And so if I, if I want to, if say I'm on a, I have a drive deficit, you know, I'll give up the Oki and combo into level three. So that way I can get my drive back. So I have more defensive mechanics if they decide to keep trying to burn me out, you know, because mm-hmm. then the, you you have enough drive to be like, well, the next combo, you know, I might have stopped it early to get like 35% with the level three, but now I can do like maybe another 45 right after that. Yeah. And it's like now, okay, now we're in territory where it's like a couple hits will end it. And I think for all the talk we've done about how defensive a lot of this stuff is rounds can end really fast. Yeah. Damage is high. Um, Damage, is, damage high is high in this game. Damage is high, yeah. And uh, you'll definitely notice, uh, especially like like you play against like a character like Jury and you're thinking like, well, she's just going to like poke me. She's not going to do a lot of damage. Uh, au contraire, she will do a ton of damage actually really fast. And you're like, what happened to my whole life? It's just gone. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of people argue over whether or not high damage is good. And I think it's obviously like everything. It's more nuanced than that. It's contextual, but I think in a game like this where it's it's accessible to most of the characters, I do think it's fine to let that damage fly because uh, it's expensive, and a big part of the game is like, do you go into burnout to try to secure an early lead and then just you know weather the storm while your other opponent has all their access, or do you kind of be more cautious, spend it here and there, uh, and recover it through parries and stuff like that? Like, there's just a lot of like you said, expression. There's yeah. a lot of room for expression. A lot of things to think about in a round that I don't think you really would have had to in a lot of other games. And um, that is something that another thing I really like about the OD gauge is that um, and I saw this in, in Dungeon Fighters Duel, which they kind of I think maybe took this from hmm. no matter what, if you use, let's say, a drive rush cancel and you only have one bar, one pip left, you'll still yeah. get it. They won't they won't oh, be like, oh, well, you yeah, can't yeah. do that. Yeah, they'll just take it. You know, they'll just take that and be like, OK, well, you're done now. Um, DNF duel did the same thing where it was like supers cost, you know, 30, you know, 30 points of the meter or whatever. But it's like, if you had 20 left, that's fine. You know, you just, it's a penalty either way. So we don't really think we have to penalize you further, which I think is good. Uh, I think having to keep track of like exactly how many pips you had, that may have been a step too much. I don't know if on the fly people could go like, well, I have exactly three or have exactly two and a half. So I got to, you know, wait a little bit. Okay. That's, that's going a little far, but occasional on the fly look i got to keep track of this but if i really have to burn it i can do it and i'll go into burnout and that's fine yeah i i believe that the it's supposed to be that fluid because of how rapidly the the gauge changes based on whether or not you block something whether like you you like i preach about player agency right and like i think fundamentally like your point about being able to just spend the rest of it on anything you want is that player agency where it's like if i want to drive rush i want to be able to do it i'll pay the penalty for it later in, in the form of burnout but i would rather my move come out than not yes um, yeah and i think that from a ui standpoint as well like the way the gauge is, is designed how it changes in color from yellow to green and specifically how it's segmented but there's no number next to it um it shows that one, it's changing. It, it would be changing too dynamically for the number. The number would just be like a constant switching back and forth. And yeah. Piece of shit yeah. Out and of DNF duel, right? I don't like it. I think that's actually, like DNF duel. It's a hard number that goes down from a hundred to like, okay. 30. I think it looks terrible. Like I just, it, 
I don't think it conveys exactly what they want. There is a bar that goes with it. That's a little bit easier to read, but sure. the number I think is like, okay, I don't, I don't much care for that, but the, the colored gauges, I could get behind that. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, my, uh, my, my father-in-law, uh, works in the aerospace industry and, uh, does a lot of like UI for, or not UI, but there's a lot of conversation about planes and, you know, I, I guess recently there was that that those that issue with the airports and all the all the 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 uh, planes being grounded because the system had a hiccup, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, trust me, this is, well, I'll tie this back into Street Fighter Six. I promise. I, I trust you. I trust you. Guile <laughs> so, Air Force got it right. 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 Continue. So, yeah. like the cool thing about those gauges, though, right? Like people always say, like, oh, it's because the planes are running on like 1960s technology, and then the usual response is it's because it works um, and it's reliable compared to. Uh, how it was, how it is now, like if they were to modernize it. And so if we were to take a, like dissect that, the reason why it works is because a, a human being isn't going to constantly just process numbers thrown at them. There's a reason why our odometers on our cars are still like radial in nature and they're not completely just a number that goes up and down. I think some cars do that, but some cars even emulate that with the LCD screens, like that radial right, motion. Go, bar goes up like mm-hmm. along with the number. So you could see like, oh yeah. So just like that with airplanes, like you have gauges more so than digitized numbers. And that is because when you're conveying change, you want to see what it looked like before and what it looked like after, what the potential states are along the way versus something binary like a number where it's like, this is a five. I have five bars and that's all I have is five. And or this might drop down to three, but I have to go and process that in the middle of a fight that the number, the character for three looks different than the character for five. But if I have a gauge with like a radial thing, or in the case of Street Fighter Six, where it's a drive, it's segmented out that moves up and down and it changes color. It's a way of conveying not just state, but also um, motion within that state. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Yeah, it's like... Uh... It makes it more alive, like I think, and it stands out to the to the human eye, yeah. Rather than if it was just a number. Like one thing I'll criticize Street Fighter Three for, which I think might you know didn't help, was that like you have like a segmented bar that technically you stock one, but the number is really small in the bottom corner. And I think a lot of people, if they play it and they just see the bar go away, they it, it won't it won't stack for you that like oh I have one stored up. Right. Eh, well, I don't know if that's how it works, but like in a lot of newer games, you'll see it's like they'll have like a three segmented bar. And it's like, you have one, you have another one. And now you got three. And yep. It looks very clear. You have a super ready. And you're I not, think that's a much. Yeah. You're not going through the brain processing of a semantic of seeing like, like the number three, like you have to process is that three, you're not counting three things. You're looking at a symbol and saying that represents three, three. different things versus yeah. a segmented bar where you can see it and it's moving. So it's fluctuating so much, you know, that, yeah, you're you're gonna lose it if you if it's a number. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So I think with the I I don't I'm not a huge fan of the UI of like the the in game menus, but I think for the battle, yeah, which is obviously the most important part, I think they really did a good job on it. Now let me ask you this: so obviously this is a controversial topic at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, drive impact. So in <laughs> my <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ask you. So in my experience, even with just one beta, while I did feel drive impact was a very good move. I tend to agree with some that uh, in time, the I, fact that you most people are going to be able to react to one with their own, if anything. Yes. And while it is good, I don't think it's going to be like, oh man, everyone's just going to be drive rushing each other and it's going to be just drive impact the game. But yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Having a little bit more experience than I do. 
So maybe I'm too optimistic. I think I think most of the drive impact discourse is hot air. Um mm. because what drive impact like it there like there seems to be more thought put into drive impact than than most think. I think that like a lot of times people are like, look at the enormous reward you get off a of drive impact uh, for landing it, for just blowing up a poke or something, right? Um, or somebody like doing low forward RECA. Like, but what, number one, it scales a lot on hit. Um, so like you're, you're not eating a full combo. You still are eating a grounded combo, which is a pretty big deal. But in a lot of ways, that doesn't make it much different than a jump in. Um, a jump in is a neutral ending tool that's that can be punishable because you're in the air and you're vulnerable in the same way that uh an anti-air is where you know if i'm playing a fireball game and then somebody jumps at me and i don't throw a fireball i choose not to throw a fireball i uppercut them instead right mm -hmm. so a lot of the discourse around drive impact is that i can't work around it and whatnot but in reality it's no different than an anti-air where you just structure your pressure differently and you account for that in the same way that you're accounting and being ready for a jump, you just have to be ready for drive impact too. So your pressure, like the the practical application of this is everybody went into six playing playing the game like it was Street Fighter Five. So they were pressuring it with strongs over and over again. And everyone's being able to be used to being able to hit two to three buttons in a row because everything was plus in five. So I could do with Cami, for example, I could do crouch strong, crouch strong, crouching forward. Stand strong, yeah. Or stand strong, right? Um, and, uh, you know, if I'm not paying attention during all of that and I'm just doing my rote frame trap because I know I'm plus and I can get away with it, I'm going to eat a drive impact. Um, right. Cause you, you'll hit one and then you're already hitting the crouch medium kick and now it's too late. Right. Yeah. And then, so what you do instead is you structure your pressure with cancelable and reactable normals like jab, 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 jab. and then you cancel that in a drive impact. And mm -hmm. in the same way that you are preparing like you choose not to throw a fireball so you can be ready for the anti-air, you choose to go for jabs so you can be ready for the drive impact. Um, it, they fundamentally, to me, they're the same thing. They're, they are the ending of neutral in a game that's very neutral heavy. Um, I does, think, that, uh, I, does that answer your question? It does. And I think uh, I think I agree with you on most of that. Um, so I, you know, by yeah. obvious, there's two frames of reference I have for it. Number one was like level two focus crumple in Street Fighter 4. Sure. If you counter hit a focus attack level two, you got to crumple. It was a very good move. It, even in late in the game, people would do it all the time. Objectively, I feel like that was a better move than the drive impact is now because you could cancel it. You could backdash yeah, out dash of it. Cancel it. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. faster. You know, it was, uh, there was all these things. It didn't cost anything. And we still played around it. I mean, it wasn't like it was the end all be all. It made some things more annoying. Like sometimes you go for a sweep or whatever, and all of a sudden, I, well, shit, they focus attacked it. But ultimately, it was like, well, you know, I just have to do things a little bit different. And, you know, there's certain focus break attacks and all this stuff. I was able to play around it. So I was like, okay, there's that, number one. Number two, I think of an injustice, there is a universal system uh, with a heavy attack. A back, they're both launching attacks. It's just which way do they launch it? The back one uh, wall bounces you. And the forward one ground bounces you. Okay. Now you can add armor to it at any point. You can hold it and you add armor to it. The fastest you can do it is an eight frames, but it's a slower game. Oh. So okay. So it's like a lot of times you'll see someone, they'll wind up and you can dash cancel it. Some of those are absolutely crazy. Like Catwoman in that game, her, her back three that wall bounces you is she ducks real low, kind of like Cammy on it. 
So she ducks real low and then does a really slow. Uh, you know what? I think it just is spiral arrow. Now that I think about it, but wow. really like that's what it is. And it, it low profiles, like almost every move. Okay. And it's armor. So even if you were to miraculously hit her it, now, she just does that constantly. She just throw it out. And a lot of them, they're either safe or they're plus on block. So it's like a lot of people just do them and they yeah, don't care if it hits them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of people thought when the game first came out, like, well, shit, you can just... now they still cost a bar. So there's, there's a little bit more play in there, but like, sure. It was kind of the same thing. It's a slow move, but it's armored. It's a huge reward on hit. Is it going to take over the game? And it's like, well, it's really good to be clear, but it, you know, there are certain characters, obviously theirs is better because of the way it hits. Whereas uh, a lot, most of the, uh, when I think of the driving pack, a lot of them, while the animation is different, ultimately they hit about the same range. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it's anyone's got very like, standardized. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, even in focus attacks, that was true too. Like Fay Long's was way better than say, uh, I don't know. Ken's roses. Kind of, roses. Yeah. Ken's yeah, roses too, was, yeah. Yeah. Or Balrog's, which was very short. Balrogs, although it was used yeah. for, for, for a, a more, uh, more unique style, but like, yeah, there was definitely a difference. Whereas the drive impact seems like it's universally like, well, they hit all about the same range. Mm-hmm. It's not like one is like, oh man, it's a sick kick that goes to full screen and it's hard to avoid. If that was true, I'd say there'd be a little bit more issue with it. But as it is now with the speed it is, the fact that on block, and obviously when you're in the corner, it is a guard break move. So that even makes it scarier. You know, The potentials yep. of it are really frightening. But I think like you said, like we were talking about with the cross-ups too, it's like it doesn't eliminate that from the game it just makes it so that the option is always in place so you have to throw or you have to be ready to cancel in the drive impact with a cancelable normal that's fast enough because you have unless if you if you if you go back to like street fighter 5 and you're just hitting medium punches again and again mm-hmm. yeah, of course you're going to get drive impacted you know it's just that they thought of a way to counter that style which was by nerfing- again that was that was a very a very contentious point was people who didn't like street fighter five was that I don't like people doing autopilot pressure to me offensive. Exactly. That sucks. Uh-huh. I want a tool to blow that up. And that's what DI is in a lot of ways. Yeah. Everyone talk after street fighter five. The one thing you'll hear is the defensive options are bad. Yeah. That's what everybody says. So it's like, okay, well we're, we're going to give you plenty of them in this game, but we're also going to make it so that drive rush is the, like a crazily good offensive potential gives you a ton of frame advantage. You can pretty much do whatever you want after a drive rush attack. And you're going to create links that would, you know, that, you know, uh, haven't been seen since the likes of Street Fighter 2. And uh, it's just fine, you know, and and you have both counterplay together and they'll work all right. So, like I said, I think you, when you said it was, you know, measured and calculated, I think that is what I would extend to the rest of the game where it just feels like, this is far more thought out than I think it, even like the first versions of Street Fighter Five were. Agree. Whereas I didn't feel that same. I felt some ways they were like, well, we want this thing to be a hard roll. And then they just changed their mind. Well, we want yes. certain characters to have invulnerable reverses. Yep. Okay, we actually don't want anybody to have meterless invulnerable reverses. They just changed their mind, right? Like, it's just like, well, we don't want that anymore. Whereas with this, it's like, I don't think they're going to change the universal mechanics that flippantly. Yeah, everyone was clamoring to make it cost more. I think that was yeah, the... and they were like, no, and they just didn't bite or haven't so far. Maybe they will, but like, I hope they, they don't. So realistically, yeah, I don't think they will. Honestly, I, I feel like even though it is like a controversial thing to bring up, I do think people will get have gotten over it largely. Like I don't see it come up as much when people talk about Street Fighter Six, whereas it did in that first beta. Yeah, I think seeing a lot of the players play it for a long time, and if you watch the high level footage. Like, I remember I saw the other day, there was a clip of, like, Momochi. He, like, three times in a row, someone went to do drive impact through his stuff. 
he was ready every time with his own counter driving back. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Obviously he's one of the best players in the world, but I think that's a proof that like, yeah, if you're just autopiloting it, of course you're going to be able to eventually react to it with your own every time, as long as you account for it. What it also does is like, it gives people Momochi is like a really good example. It gives people a shortcut to win. And I know that sounds shitty to, to hear, but like every fighting game salt, or like poor experience out of the gates for a fighting game. Like a lot of times it comes with ego where it's like, I lost to this thing and I don't think I should, I knew it was coming and I don't, I didn't know what to do about it. I couldn't do anything about it because the game wouldn't let me, this game sucks. Uh-huh. But, but drive impact is like, I don't even really have to play the matchup. If I just know you're going to drive impact heavily, I can win the entire game off that. And that is like both a knowledge check, but also a like, I don't have to worry about the better player losing because I could just know to watch for that and then win just solely based on that. You know, it's got that little bit of old old game feeling where it's like you don't have to exert a ton of energy like split exploiting every single system mechanic. Sometimes you just want to win with like raw basics, in which case I have a read that are gonna DI me constantly. I punish that, I win the game, I move on. I don't have to worry about getting scrubbed out. Um, yeah, like I don't like it. It would feel very strange to me, like if someone got totally scrubbed out by Drive Impact. Like I feel like that's what people are saying. Things, <laughs> yeah, I know. It just it feels like a lot of things would have to go wrong for yeah. that to happen, like constantly. You know, I, 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 you know, I brought up earlier that it's a jump in, like it's similar to a jump in, and what that means is a jump in is in footsies a a way to end neutral. You're no longer playing yeah. with punishing mode, or you're not you're not sticking out pokes. You're not you're actually just aggressing and trying to get frame advantage to, to kill the neutral. Um, every new game that I've seen that's come out that kills neutral, people get really pissed about it. Um, like super dash is my main example in dragon ball fighters where dragon ball, like super dash, it has a hard counter and that you launch it homes in and it does all the movement for you. Right. Yeah. So you don't have to play like Marvel three and have to be able to navigate a fly on fly down H I think is like the universal. Like, yeah. Oh, it just something like that. Yeah. 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 You just, everybody can, everybody can beat it, but people hate moves that skip neutral because they feel like they get outplayed. And that's what DI is in a lot of ways where, and I feel like that, like the, the Catwoman stuff or the, um, what was that called? Power? No, that's Tekken power crush. Um, the, the charge, the armor move that you were talking about in, in Mortal Kombat, it's the same yeah. deal, right? Where it's like, I'm going to use this to skip neutral. Um, yeah, like, uh, well, in Mortal Kombat, they don't have it as much. It's But they have like a, like a fatal blow. That's like the super move kind of. And in Justice, in Justice it's a meter burn back three is what people call it. Because mm. it's back and hard fun and back and heavy and okay. you can meter burn it. So that's a move that like, yes, like, for example, Aquaman, his was so long that even when you were holding back, it was like, I, I'm still going to get hit by this. Like, I have no choice. He just does it, and the game ends for a second while he does that. Yeah. It, and people people don't like moves like that. Like, um, No, yeah. It, it reminds me of Family Guy, where I haven't, I'm not a huge Family Guy watcher, but, like, there's a episode where they're like making that. fun of Asian drivers, and uh, <laughs> no. the guy is driving, and he's just like, he's like, good luck, everybody else, and he does this, and he just goes into traffic. <laughs> And a lot of a lot of moves are like that in fighting games, yeah. where it's like, "Good luck, good luck dealing with this. You're just gonna do it. I'm gonna call a beam and uh, I'm gonna call an assist and teleport and Marvel. I'm gonna I'm gonna super helmbreaker. dash and Dragon Ball. I'm gonna yeah. Helmbreaker. I'm gonna yeah. DI. Like it's just a move that ends neutral. And you like if you 
don't like the way that that is and you don't want to account for that, then maybe the game's not for you. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's also, it's it's always existed. There's always a move that like, oh God, here it comes. Like, I'm just not like, like, you know, like if you go back to the Street Fighter 2 classic, you know, ST or something, like Vega Ball just rock. does a claw. Yeah, yeah or, yeah. Rock, or Vega just does a claw dive and you're like, well, fuck me. You know, I, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, it's just, there's moves that just like, well, yeah, they take up the whole screen and there's nothing I can do about it. Yep. I have to just think about what what I'm going to do next, and it, it it always exists. I you're gonna most people just have preferences. It's it's what am I willing to deal with here? Maybe I can't hear. So like with Street Fighter Five, I said all the time, was I willing to deal with the constantly shifting, like the having to guess on wake up and stuff like that? No, I wasn't. Sure, that's just that's a bridge too far for me. But that's fine. I don't think it makes the game like worse for in general. It's just not for me, right? Right. So I think that's fine. It's just it's I don't know what game you could play where you get away from that. Even even in like Virtual Fight, which I think is very smartly designed. There's just some moves that like shit, man. Like I just have to take it and it's yeah. like, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. And the the irony is that Drive Impact is also the answer to those moves that you just have to take it. So Honda Headbutt is a brilliant example of just moves that you just had to deal with in four, right? You couldn't focus attack it because it armor broke and he was just gonna do it at you. And you're going to take the chip damage and you probably wouldn't be able to punish it. You know, you just got to take it. And Honda's in this game, but there's no evidence to show that we can't just drive impact if we see a headbutt coming. And so True. True. like it's, it's the answer as well as the question. <laughs> yeah. That's actually something interesting to think about. Like moves like that. Uh, Blanca ball is going to be another one, right? You know, what are we going to be able to do uh, against drive rush? Like, is it going to be enough that maybe they're airborne while it hits them? So they, they kind of bounce back. Yeah. Um, it's something to think about because we don't, you know, the, um, the characters that we got in the beta, uh, while they are unique in some ways, a lot of them were the same archetype for the most part. Yes. Um, we didn't really have like a character like Blanca didn't have a character, uh, a grappler, like we mentioned before, we didn't have a grappler. We didn't see how they interacted. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting when the full game comes out, how these mechanics mix with typical, fighter traits like a command grab or a character like Dalzim where his, his limbs are super long. Does that mean he's more vulnerable to drive impact than he normally would have been? Because sure. odds are he's not going to be able to cancel those long moves. So it's like, is he going to have to worry about that more than other characters? Yep. Uh, or is he going to benefit from having those same options, right? Exactly. Is it now going to be hell to get in on Dalzim because he throws out a fireball and then you jump and he counters your jump and then you just try to like, okay, I'm gonna go through it. And then he drive impacts you and you're like, oh my God, I can't touch him. This is yeah. the worst character ever, which what I'm leaning towards, by the way. I'm bullish what? on Dalsim in Street Fighter Six. I I also am bullish on Dalsim because I'm like, yeah, yeah he, you can parry a limb, but what happens when you finally knock his ass down and then he perfect parries you and back throws you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, his, and his throw takes forever. And he's going to be super annoying. I, he's going to be able to drive rush like his crouching medium punch or whatever. Yeah, I'm not ready mentally for that to happen. Okay, like it's just I have to understand <laughs> that he's just going to bully me from the whole screen and get huge frame advantage, and I just have to take it, and I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. Cool, but that's well, you know the fun of the drive rush. That's the fun of the drive in the drive system in general. Is that it, there are all these possibilities that I'm already thinking about. Whereas with Street Fighter Five and to some extent Street Fighter Four, I didn't have these feelings. I felt like they were a lot more locked down, and I start to finally understand. When I would hear old timers be like, "Well, I don't, I don't like Street Fighter Four. I don't like Street Fighter Five that much," and I was always curious, like, "I wonder why that is. I don't feel that same way." Hmm. But as I've played more games and I've understood those older games a lot better, I understand now what it means when they say like, 
I didn't feel like I could express myself very well in this game. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like Street Fighter Six has a lot of those problems. Maybe I'm wrong, but the first impression I have is very, very positive. I think they took that expression and built it into the gauge. Um, I also think that there's a there's a degree of um, uh, rose tinted glasses here, or, or like shiny, shiny and new. The fact that we're mm-hmm. in the discovery phase yet, like I think I think a lot of uh, the counter the the counterbalance to expression is optimization, and optimization always comes last at the or to the to the later phases of a game's life cycle, right? So the fact that Number one, this game's not even out yet, and we're basing all of our opinions off of you know two, two, two different weekends. three week yeah week yeah. three day beta tests right yeah like um I I I feel like no one's optimized yet, so because of that they don't feel they feel like they have that creative freedom. Um, that said though, the drive meter forces so many new situations that it's kind of hard to optimize in general. So you might still get that expression. I think we're gonna land somewhere healthily in the middle. I think. I think that there's still always going to be a better idea, um, but people I don't think will feel as limited to to like pigeonholed into doing it. At least not, at least not for season one. We'll see how yeah. see how the game evolves. We'll see how the next that, one right? pans out. The only thing, the one thing I could say that I, I worry, I wonder about sometimes is like if it's going to be like because it seems like the only real way to like keep your offense like and like because you know it's not as frame trappy. Some characters can do it, but like for the most part, it's it's not like you can do medium into medium and it like totally is a counter hit trap every time. Right. Not anymore, at least. And I wonder if the fact that really only chain jabs are something to keep like for frame traps, like, yeah, for frame traps. I wonder if that'll get old or there is enough counterplay to it, because I I do think about that sometimes that maybe maybe that might get a little bit old where they might have to. But then again, I think like, well, the, that's why they have the drive rush, right? Like to get the frame advantage, you got to do the yep. drive rush first. You can so play. I wonder, you can play Street Fighter Five with if you just drive rush everything. You're, you're right, plus two. It, you can fake a throw. You can do a shimmy. You can do all that shit, right? <laughs> and that that's why, like, so when you throw and you don't have to guess between the back and the forward, no matter what, if you drive rush, you're still going to be in their face, mm-hmm. able to do a meaty probably. My guess is people will optimize the timing for that too. Uh, speaking of optimization. And therefore, those that will start to feel familiar. Where it's like, okay, now I have the frame advantage I actually want. Yeah. Whereas, like, just playing the game normally, you know, not using all the mechanics, I don't feel that way. That could be my thing too. Like, I, you know, I certainly didn't use every single mechanic to its full extent. Um, so maybe that that is a unfounded complaint I have right now, or maybe a worry. But it's something I think about that uh, perhaps that uh, having the frame data so loose because it hasn't been this way in a long time. Where it's just like everything's well, negative. nothing. Yeah. everything's negative unless you use something else. Like that's kind of interesting. That's why the Mortal Kombat player in me is a little bit more intrigued because that is how Mortal Kombat is. It's obviously a structured, very, very different game. But uh, I feel the same way where it's like, well, yeah, it's you, you kind of, you're, you're more basing it around how negative can I get before it's a problem instead of how plus yeah. can I make this? Right now? Yeah. I, I think the, the negative negativity of the frame data solves for two problems. Um, number one, the problem with Street Fighter Five, which is, I have to memorize frame data, uh, and that <coughs> fucking sucks for a lot of people. They don't like doing that. I, I personally like. I don't have too m- many hangups about it, but I do understand the desire of being like, "Hey, I want to learn this fighting game," and someone just gave me a spreadsheet, and I don't want to do that. Right? <laughs> just hand me Excel. I, right. I so that. it's like yeah. you know, in in five, it's like okay, so low forwards mainly are minus 
two on block. Some of them are minus four. Colleen's is Cody's plus is two. Plus. Cody's yeah. is plus. Vegas is plus. And you have to memorize all that shit, right? In yeah. five, it's six rather. It's like every button is probably negative unless it's glowing green or, or if it's the one move that I have to memorize. Yeah, like Chun-Li, I know her goofy elbow. Yeah, elbows plus, right? That's plus, right? Like I could figure, I could do that. Like that's good enough for me. Yeah. Um, I think the other issue with Street Fighter Five is that, let's say you didn't know the frame data. You know, a lot of older players talk about, well, I would just feel around. I didn't really know the frame data, but I just felt around. Mm-hmm. With Street Fighter Five, feeling around could get you fucked up pretty badly because it's like, well, let me yeah. jab after this, see what happens. Well, it didn't even come out because the priority system beat me. So that was a bad idea, you know, at, I think uh, in Street Fighter Six, you'll have a even in the beta because I played every character just to get a feel for everybody. Yeah, I definitely could. Like, I didn't know the frame data, and I think the great uh, FAT app already has it up there. So if you want to study, you can. Yeah, but it's in the game it was too. Like, on the frame, it is bar. in the game. Yeah, in the in the practice mode, you can figure it out. But yeah. I felt like in general, like, well, I could generally figure out what was negative and what was positive just by, you know, hey, I traded here when I, you know, probably wouldn't have otherwise. That's a good. That's a clue. And I didn't it, die for it. So that's it, good. It's also because your assumption, like just the raw numbers game is that chances are like percentage wise, it's probably going to be minus because there's only one button that's plus. So if you just don't, if it's not that button, then it's minus and you're good. You can yeah. hit the button. And if you they drive rush out. me, they're probably plus. Yeah. If they're glowing green, then I don't hit a button unless I get thrown. Yeah. And then, then you start talking about the mental game. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. um, so you that's, have to, that's like you said, you have to throw. Yeah. Right. So that that's problem one to be solved, right? Is that um, you don't have to memorize all the frame data, and that's by making everything negative, then you don't have to worry about memorizing all that stuff. The other problem that it's solving is that um, the player expression side of it again, uh, which is like if I'm plus on everything, then it's a it, it's essentially like a dice roll. If I'm plus two in Street Fighter Five, then a throw could be coming, a frame trap could could be coming, or a shimmy could be coming, and I just got to deal with that. If um, if I'm minus in, uh, if I'm pressuring in Street Fighter Six, like it's like one or two things, and that's kind of it. And so, those one or two things are optimal, but they're predictable and they have low return. So, if you want higher return, you have to go and do some of the unpredictable and unsafe stuff, like yeah. walk up throw while negative, right? Yeah. Walk up or throw walk while up negative. Uppercut. Right. Or walk <laughs> the up rock. uppercut. Yeah. I- I'm thinking like yeah, or like stealing a turn being negative two but still taking a step forward and hitting a button again just to kind of kind of like take that advantage and realistically oh, yeah, they could have jabbed yeah. you out of it right but then mm-hmm. you also so say you get mashed out of that and you're like man i'm so mad that everything's negative in this game i just want to be plus i want to continue my pressure maybe the solution is not what you think it is where it's like how do i stop someone from jabbing maybe you parry instead and you take your minus mm-hmm. two and you parry and then they they fall for the frame trap at the frame trap of minus two, they fall for that. They get perfect period. So you still have an answer uh, to to read uh, that someone is disrespecting your pressure, but the answer is different than the immediate solution that would come to mind from a traditional fighting game or from previous fighting games. So what that creates then is like, I have to make that hard read on that parry to really abuse my, my minus frames and to disrespect the frames to quote Scott and that in turn, disrespect the frames. yeah. And but if you're disrespecting the frames, you're having that conversation with that opponent versus plus two. I'm taking plus two over and over and over again. I'm ignoring what you have to do. You have to dice roll. It's still it's that conversation again, right? Mm-hmm. Where by being minus, 
you have to take more chances to to continue your pressure. And if you take more chances, that's more player expression. Yeah, absolutely. Disrespecting the frame. Sounds like a bowling term. Yeah. Uh, he was disrespecting <laughs> yeah. the, he was disrespecting the frames out disrespecting there. The frames. Yeah. Well, so that that again, that speaks to like Mortal Kombat. Like Mortal Kombat, you're always negative for the most part, but stealing your turn, we all know what that is. Like if you play Mortal Kombat, yeah, sometimes you do jab jab and it's like minus six, and you just do it again, giga chat. Yeah. And it's like, well, I you can't do that. That's not what the frames say. Well, fuck you. I don't care. Yeah. I, I sometimes you do it because they are wait like they you players get lazy and they wait and they wait and they wait and it's like well I'm gonna take advantage of that and that is part of the expression it's part of just well I'm just gonna be aggressive and attack and attack and attack and attack and if you're just gonna sit there I'll I'll keep doing it yep uh, no matter what so I think that's great too I think and you that don't, is you don't need the plus two to hold your hand right you don't need the you don't need to rely on the the positive frame data I and the knowledge checking frames, behind right? that yeah Cause, <laughs> yeah because you get you get into the mindset of like i i would when i play street fighter 5 i do this constantly like i'm playing as like sakura and it's like i have to land the, the elbow stand medium punch or else i can't do anything mm-hmm. and it's like well not necessarily that's not true but i felt that way because it led to everything it led to my combos it got me plus frames on block it beat out a bunch of moves i had to do it and it's like well i don't feel like i have to do like if I'm playing as Luke, I don't have to do crouching medium punch. That is my only plus on block button, but I don't have to do it. I can do other things. You know, there yeah. is options. There's there's stuff to mess around with. The other thing I was going to mention, I just noticed this recently. I noticed that almost every character can do like three chained moves into a attack. A special, yeah, yeah. Like every character can do like short, short jab special, yep. standing jab special. Which in Street Fighter Five, that was considered a very good, what holy, holy, geez, you can do a three hit confirm. Yeah, that was like everyone would look for that and go like, oh, that character's good. They can do a three hit confirm. Now we don't even have to like it's like they thought about that. They're like, well, that must feel good that people like doing that. They can do dun, 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 dun. and yeah. it's small damage. It's not like it's a huge amount. And every character can like Tatsu, like they they didn't have that. Oh, Tatsu doesn't hit crouchers for Ryu. <laughs> that, that existed in Street Fighter five for way longer than it ever should have. Sure. They were just like, nope, from the beginning, he can do a three-hit confirm in a Tatsu. Chun-Li can do it, I'm sure, into lightning legs or probably spinning bird kick, honestly. Yep. And uh, it's just, I think that stuff is great. I think that's the kind of thing that's like, that's more fun. That doesn't feel as limiting. I can, you know, frame trap with jabs, and there's still an option to just three-hit confirm. I don't have to do it after two and just, like, react, like, super hard. Yep. I think that stuff is great. It, like, the, it's it's kind of like the problem you're trying to solve with the jabs, right? Is that you're trying to, you want to do a fast move and you want to convert off of that combo. Right. So by committing to the jab, like why, why make, so in five, you could do that bite, but you'd only have two buttons to confirm it. Right. You have to go jab, jab special. Yeah. Um, why does that have to be harder than, than just in, than doing three, like three is fine. <laughs> like, yeah. It like it's a, it, there There's is an artificial no, like, skill skill uh, skill barrier that that's put there. When in reality, you should be focusing on the exchange of I, he chose to interrupt with a fast button, and I got blown up for it. Why right. make that harder when I guessed wrong? You know. Mm-hmm. And it's also it makes it for a weird like when you're balancing. It's like, wow, we're it's so like we're so limited that this is what like Luke is one of the re- best characters in Street Fighter Five solely because he can do jab 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 target combo. Yep, into Oki. It's amazing. Yeah. In Oki, it's an amazing thing. And it's like, that sounds so silly. Like, to, just because he can do stuff from his jabs, that like that makes him the best. Yep. And I think that speaks to how it sometimes limiting it can feel when it's like, well, some characters, like Yurian, he, he can do jab, jab, headbutt, but 
the headbutt doesn't even hit if they're crouching. He's got to do EX, and it's like, yeah, it kind of sucks. You know, that's <laughs> not great for him. And is there yeah. any reason why characters should be so limited in their jab stuff? Probably not. I mean, if you go back to like Street Fighter Four, where you could link every the whole world off of your jabs, yeah, that's something to think about. Yeah, but that's not the, that's not the game we're playing anymore. So I don't feel like they need to be as conservative, and they haven't been. So I think that's good. And the other side of it is like we just got done talking about negative frames and whatnot. You still need to have some semblance of frame traps in the game. And so the chained jab is like doing three chain jabs and essentially making two frame traps out of that. Like that's going to be, you still want to reward people going for those traps. Like we still need to have frame traps. And so if we're going to do that, we might as well make all three hits confirmable or like a three hit confirmable jab, you know? Right. So you can like, you don't always have to be like, Oh, I saw the counter hit. Now I did it. Yeah, let's let's remove needless yeah. execution barriers and focus mm-hmm. more on the the player interaction, right? Right, because what you'll see is people in Street Fighter Five. You'll do like if you're playing Ed, you'll do crouch jab, crouching medium punch, and they do that because they they, they we can't react to the counter hit. They just right. hope it does, and yep. that will combo anyways, right? So like, right. there are I don't think you'll be seeing that as much in Street Fighter Six. People still do it now. My guess is more of a habit than anything. Yeah. But you know now they have like and even they have the punish counter, which will make like. Because whiff punishing is also something that's hard to like yes. tangibly show like this is really important. I don't think anything's more important than like, hey, if you whiff punish, it's a punish counter. And you get like sometimes some characters get the whole world on it. Like I said, Luke, Luke can do stand medium punch into his jab target combo. And it's like, wow, if it's a punish counter, like that's good. That makes that that move in general will be much stronger for the fact that it's forward advancing. It's made to whiff punch. Like that is what Luke is supposed to do. And it's like, that is perfect. That's what a punish counter should be. And now it's not just off of uppercuts. It's off of every move. Right. That's right. That to me, like cements this game as like this. That's why I'm not all street fighter defense force or street fighter five defense force on this one, because the, the punish counter system, like it's, it feels like a natural evolution from what they try to do with five, which is right. Mm-hmm they've made dp so easy to do over the past couple of years like over the over the past decade of, of fighting games because they wanted to make them all the shortcuts and whatnot and they wanted to get to the meat of it which is the player to player interaction but now we have this really easy thing to do that beats everything so how do we still keep it powerful while um uh still keep it powerful while also keeping it balanced and the the answer was to make it crush counterable on on mm-hmm. on block which on block, to me yeah. yeah that that sold me on street fighter 5 and then to see that they took that a step further with 6 and were said they said no like if you if you just throw out tatsu unnecessarily then you're going to get punished countered if you get if you if you get whiff punished you're going to get punished countered and it 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 really emphasizes emphasizes that that uh a notion of commitment that they tried to do with street fighter 5 but you know didn't really capture the masses with i think the yeah. punish counter system is the defining trait for this game um right and so it's a, it's if you uh, i talked about this in the in the um the panel podcast too you like to see that they are taking ideas from older games mm-hmm. and it's not like we're forgetting the past like people like street fighter 4 people like street fighter 5 there are good redeeming things you can take from them. it's not all bad right and i think some people in their mind it becomes like well that game was trash that game was trash. It wasn't worth taking anything from Street Fighter Cross Tekken. There's stuff in Street Fighter Six I just see from Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Stuff yes. the characters could do in that, right? No, I like, I, I base my character choice with Chun Li in Street Fighter Six because because she has so many tools that are similar to Cross Cross Tekken Street Fighter. Uh, exactly, Chun Li. Yeah. 
-hmm. like like forward strong being cancelable the moment i found out forward strong was cancelable i'm like what the fuck is this there's the last time she was top three because of this yeah and it was the classic (laughs) super turbo one not the high hitting one like that like yeah oh yeah when i saw that i was like oh so it's jover man like this is (laughs) this is not good which is why like i think i said earlier too i don't get the groaning about chun lee i don't think if you're a chun lee person you are eating in this game so far yeah maybe she sucks against grapplers maybe i don't know but like damn she she's pimped out you know she has to play a little bit differently than street fighter 5 chun in my opinion For sure. yeah. um like the the big thing everyone cries about with chun in this game is that her fierce isn't as good um but it's not that it isn't as good as that it's used differently it's the same the same way i've been addressing pretty much every criticism of this game so far is that it's not that the the solution to your problem doesn't exist it's that the solution doesn't isn't the one that you want it to be so yes yeah well i don't want to well okay stan fierce is not a poke in this game stan fierce was a poke in third strike it was a poke in four it was a poke in five it's not a poke in this game sport strong is the poke that you want to use instead so you can still accomplish what you want to do you just have to not do that button (laughs) which is in in a way still honorable to a chun li that existed in older games her cross yeah yeah her standing strong in cross tekken and super turbo that was her move that was the move you did you didn't do stand fierce right like stand fierce was just not it was good but it was not like oh this is the best poke no it's it's crouch medium kick and stand fierce and cross you would do forward strong into heavy legs which was plus on block tag cancel behind it and do a high low I, in fact, I don't even think it was, I don't think I didn't even think you had to hold forward. I think that was just her. Yeah, you just did it. Up. Yeah, I forgot you yeah. just did it. And so you, you could also like, you could buffer it with a boost yes, chain too. <laughs> she was obnoxious as hell in that game, and that was why because you could just autopilot doing that constantly. Yep. And that was perfect. So uh, we already talked about the characters. I don't want to get into those too much. But sure, like, sure. Yeah. I just feel like you know this is a game where um, you know a lot of people have been really down on Capcom. I certainly have been critical for Street Fighter Five for not just the game, but like the launch about it and just some of the, the ways they came with yeah. it. And I just feel like they have completely yeah. turned it around for street fighter six in a way that I never certainly predicted. I had no idea that they had like, it's, it's so well thought out and they're going to give $2 million for Capcom cup, which is a probably an increase of like 50% than the last Capcom. Like that is way more money than has ever been at Capcom cup. By oh yeah. Leaps yeah. and bounds. But more than any other fighting game tournament. Well, yeah, it's it's the best. It's the biggest fighting game yeah. prize pool to ever exist, just by existing. <laughs> Think, like that's nuts, right? Like that, no money, no much. That amount of money has never been available, but it will be with Street Fighter Six. And you know, now it's like, hey, they're gonna play it on PC probably uh, uh, for Capcom Top. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that was a that's a big deal. Big deal, um, right? Like there is change. You know, it's it sounds like they're more open to. Uh, just having more fun with this game and just, you know, it, everyone gets excited for it. And it's not like, oh, we're going to add the Zenny system later and we're going to add this live service stuff that no one really wants. It's like, no, it's just we want to make it the best game and it's polished and it looks good. Yeah. It's going to come out when it's ready. It's not going to come out early. Uh, one thing that I'm sad that's not in the beta that we can't see is the. Um, in fact, you probably won't see it online, which is sad, but the when you pick a character and they do the the walkout. Oh yeah, uh, for the stage, and they all have their own unique animations for what side they're on, and so that is one of the coolest things I've seen. And I can't wait to see all of those. Like someone's gonna make a YouTube compilation of all those together. I'm gonna watch that 100 percent because I can't wait to see what that stuff looks like. 
I think they realized that the characters themselves were lacking character for lack of a better mm-hmm. phrase. And so they just, they, they juiced out every possible opportunity to be like, here's a way to for a character to like show their swagger and then walk yeah. out animations, the face thing on the load screen. Like, yeah, that, yeah, the, that's awesome too. I love that. Everything well, is think, about uh, shoving the style of these characters in your face as much as possible. I think a hundred percent. I, I talked with, uh, I talked with a Mortal Kombat dev, um, when I was at the reveal for Mortal Kombat 11, and I, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty interesting that the way he talked about the game, uh, he designed Captain Cold in Injustice 2. Captain Cold, not a very cool character, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> nothing about him is cool. If you ever look at him, he, he just, uh, eh, whatever. That's but harsh, you talk man. About the, Chill out. I, I know, right? <laughs> I had to take it easy. I play it cool. But the thing, <laughs> the thing about him was that every time he talked about, like, well, yeah, I made him have this giant icicle block drop from the sky. Yeah, because that's really cool. And then he's got this move where he he makes up a big ice wall, and he just I thought it would be cool if he kicked it at you. And you could tell the way he was talking about it wasn't like, well, what would Captain Cold do? He was like, this is badass. Like that's what I want him to do. I want him to kick this block of ice at you. And does Captain Cold do that? I don't, I don't really care. And then also the other thing is like I also talked to him about like Scorpion, and I I mentioned I was being a, a, a hyper nerd. I shouldn't have said this. It, it really exposed me. I said. uh you know, in Mortal Kombat 11, this is the first time that when Scorpion does the spear, it doesn't uh, pop you up for a combo. Because in Mortal Kombat 11, unless you spend meter, it doesn't do the pull them in and they're stunned. He just doesn't attack at the end. Oh, okay. And he looked at me for a bit and was like, well, yeah. Um, well, you know, the thing about Scorpion is that uh, we feel that so long as he has the spear and the teleport punch, that's great. That's Scorpion. Um, we can do whatever the hell else we want with him. People are going to love that he can do that. Huh. And it's just like, yeah, that's right. So, like, for if you think about it with Street Fighter, as long as Ryu does the Hadoken and the, the Hurricane Kick and the Uppercut, yeah. you can do whatever you want with him. You can give him new moves. You can do all this stuff. As long as he has those three moves, you're not going to feel like, oh, well, people won't recognize. People won't feel the same as they did way back in the day. And I feel like they've been you. chasing this nostalgia for so long. They won't change the costumes. They won't change the moves. Like, for so long that I felt like it was like, okay, you guys, you got to let go sometime. Like we know, we remember street fighter. Trust me. It was a cultural zeitgeist. Nobody has forgotten it ever. Even when street fighter four came out, the the idea that people forgot about street fighter was silly. So we can move on. We can do new things. And it's like, they really are with this one. It's like, yeah, Reeves got a whole new costume. He's got new moves. They gave him a new move. Yeah. He powers up his old moves. Chun Li, we gave her a bunch of new moves. Guile has a new move for the first time in a thousand years. Yep. Rita Repulsa, after 10,000 years, he's finally free. <laughs> it's just like uh, they finally have let go of all that stuff. And like you said, they're emphasizing the characters. That's what makes the IP strong. Like when you put Ryu in Fortnite and Smash and stuff like that, it's yeah. because people want to see the Hadouken. They want to see him be cool. And it's like if however long you go where he doesn't have a character, those crossovers will cease to mean anything. Mm-hmm. If, if Ryu's in Fortnite and it's just, well, the, the avatar is Ryu. Well, what is that? That doesn't do anything for it. But if he's got a voice you want to hear, if he's got moves you want to see him do, that makes it all the more valuable, right? Yeah. Like, you know, even for the new characters, too. Like, I I understand, like, the idea of being hamstrung by legacy, but by and large, they've kind of they've taken an additive approach. In five, they actually took stuff away and people were really not okay with that. But they added stuff to these characters instead. And then for the new characters, like. That's something I've been thinking about a lot of like is from a competitive standpoint, like I there's a lot of moves that I just don't find useful. Um, and so five 
knew that the people that developed five knew that and so they stripped them out like proximity normals and stuff like that yeah but then fuck all that, that yeah. what that really did is alienate a bunch of people that just wanted to do the cool shit like kick out ice cube with king cold right <laughs> captain gold uh, yeah exactly captain cold. Yeah. king cold is a dragon ball character <laughs> yes, yes um, yeah. but uh freeze's uh, father i believe yeah yeah mm-hmm. ice uh what was i gonna say um so but they took away what, stuff and it was like eh, yeah. right so but for, for the new characters like we in a previous absolute extra we were going through the the lily trailer right and there's a there's a shot in the lily trailer where she takes out a camera and takes a picture of you and it does damage to blanca in that trailer right we're not going to use that that's a that's a taunt right but yeah but to the like somebody just buying the game off of a shelf and just wants to do cool shit in a fighting game mm-hmm. keep that move in right and mm-hmm. so i think they they realized that between five and six which is Let's not sterilize it. Let's take the, let's let useless things be in there. Let's let broken things be in there because our our universal mechanics are strong enough to withstand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let give every, except for Geef. Don't give him his green hand. Except for Geef. No, never, never again. Yeah, <laughs> Fuck that I'm sorry. Hand. <laughs> yeah, green hand cells. It's over. Like you gotta go. You gotta move on. But if, in that same uh, previous episode, we talked about Zangief is more showman than he's ever been. True. Yeah, they gave him new target combos, right? New target combos. He's he's pumping to the crowd for his moves. Yep. Uh, he's more flashy in general, and I think that is spe- that speaks to how. Whereas with Street Fighter Five Zangief, not only did he have the same outfit, there really wasn't much about him that really like you could have put him in in Street Fighter Two, and he kind of would have not stood out that much. Other than the yeah. graphics got better. That's I think that's what people don't want to see. I think it's like okay, well we we've got all this brand new technology. We, we have this ability to really pump these characters up. What can you do with it? I'll give credit to KOF and, and Tekken and King of Fighters and all this stuff, or uh, Mortal Kombat. They do that. Every iteration, the character's got a new costume. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's Kazuya. He turns into the devil and he shoots a laser at you. He's always going to do that. We know that. He's going to have the dumb hair. He's going to have the eyeball that's red. He's going to do the wind god fist. That's it. And it, we can do whatever else we want. We can experiment. We can take away moves. We can do new moves. As long as we hit those four things, let's just play with it a little bit. And play is the – that's – I feel like Street Fighter Six. When I played that beta and I, I didn't feel like, well, I'm restricting myself by playing this new character. It was like I wanted to play every character. I wanted to see what all of them could do. Uh, I felt like it was fresh and new. And um, obviously a lot of that, you said, is rose-colored, is rose-colored glasses. It's brand new. You're going to have that new toy feel. Will right. that last forever? Probably not. I'm sure I'm going to get frustrated when the game comes out and I lose to something that feels like it's horseshit, as we all do. Sure. But um, as I said, I did not have that feeling when I played Street Fighter Five because Street Fighter Five felt more safe. It felt like they they really tried to play it safe, and I thought I felt like it was a disadvantage. And um, it yeah. just doesn't feel like in this game that they did that. They really took a risk. They added this drive system, different than what they've ever done before, and it's I think it's going to pay off. I think that. With Street Fighter 2, like if we go back and look at some of the the main entry lines of Street Fighter, right? Street Fighter 2 uh, was its own thing. It was the thing, the original thing. Street Fighter 3 was its own thing, um, but and honestly re- received a lot of critical panning out, out of the gates because of it. And that's what scared Capcom into doing Street Fighter 4 and playing that one safe. But because it had been so long, it was fresh and new. They still started with the eight world warriors, but they, you know, they added all these new mechanics and stuff and it had its own identity still because it was new. And even though it was still throwing back to two and then five came along and they, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't 
Lightning couldn't strike twice with Street Fighter 4 because the, you would need another 10-year gap to do that. Yeah. Um, and so they just in turn tried to refine what they thought Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter 4 should ultimately end up looking like, and they sterilized it too much. And yeah. then... And six, so it didn't have a voice. It didn't have a yeah. voice at all. It was just we're 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 seeking perfection, and we're not we're not seeking um, stylistic or a theme overall. And then this game, they've gone complete one eighty on that, and been like, all right, we did the sterilized thing. It didn't go over so well. Also, our launch was botched completely. But now let's kind of bring it back to like Street Fighter three, where we're you know, we're going to pick a vision and we're going to commit to it. You might not like the vision. You might not like the, the way these graphics are overly realistic. And we got rid of anime. You may not like drive impact. You might think Perry's devalue the game, but this is our fucking game. And they're going to, you know, they're really committing to it in my mind. Plus, plus just look at Cammy. Just look I at mean, my, my God, like we've yep. done it. We've, we've reached the pinnacle here. <laughs> I also wonder if like, you know, now that Ono's out of there yeah, and street fighter five, uh, I think quite clearly didn't have the time or money that street fighter six is getting put into it. Yeah. All that stuff matters too. And I imagine once we hear more about the development cycle of it, we will find out that like, yes, we had the time and money to play around and we had a new engine. So it felt fresh and we had people who knew how to make it in that system and they knew what they were doing. That all matters too. And that's all geeky stuff. We don't have to get into, but I think, Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. (laughs) I think that stuff, stuff. I think that stuff is going to super matter. Like when you find out about street fighter six is like, well, street fighter five, we much smaller team, not as much Mm -hmm. money, not as much time. We did what we could. We would have liked to do more. I think you can even see in the concept art, like one of the first was like Bison and Ryu fighting and Ryu has an outfit that looks like his street fighter six outfit. Yeah. So what happened with five is they, they did that. They, they had like a prototyping phase that was done in-house in Capcom. Right. And they did this, they, they basically kind of tried to make what street fighter six ended up being. They realized that it just wasn't, they, the, it wasn't the direction they wanted to go in. It, they took too long doing it. And so they ran to dimps from, uh, they ran, they had dimps do it instead. And that's a, uh, a, an external studio from Capcom. Yeah, of course. They're the ones they did, did four, like street right? fighter four and stuff. Did, yeah. And cross, um, cross, yeah. but they were also like, uh, don't use the engine that you that you built for four and cross. Use Unreal because we chose that one for you. And they didn't know how to do Unreal. They they patchworked it together really quickly. And then the game comes out and it's like, well, Dimps is completely separate from Capcom, so they don't, you know, they have to work together to actually fix this game. And mm-hmm. by the end of Street uh, Season Four or Five, they had already spun up an internal Capcom team to handle maintenance from five from then on out. And that's when you get the cool shit like Rose and Oro coming out and being like, yeah, the game's on the right track again. We added V shift, all this other stuff, the track suit costumes, which it, it sounds like a silly thing. I actually thought all of those were super cool. Oh yeah. Um, that that was supposed those... to be tied in with the Olympics too. And that had mm-hmm. that yeah. the pandemic, had to get delayed fuck the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that to say is that like, Thank you, Monster Hunter, because I think Monster Hunter triggered a reorg within Capcom. So they oh, are no, they yeah. no longer have to go to Dimps and de- develop Street Fighter as a contracting job or as a, like having like subcontract that out. They can instead build it in house with the RE engine and their own in house engine, and that they know how to use. Right, and then if you look at the way this game is developed, like or the way the way the game is like broken into the different pieces like the world tour mode and the battle hub and the um fighting ground right the battle hub is just monster hunter 
um it's it's the it's the it's the same like te- i bet it's the same team as monster hunter where it's it's all the same assets and you're you're running around at a, a gathering hub in monster hunter and you're going into the instance of the game in which case that's the gameplay that we've been watching and we've been talking about and that was developed by the street fighter 5 guys right um and they've been seasoned enough and then um all the single player stuff and the cinematics and stuff you can give that to the re team so they they basically can can rather than force dimps to do everything and like shove it down a single pipeline where it could essentially look like shit on the way out you know and that's what ended up happening mm-hmm. you you break it out into three different teams all contributing to a different piece and then have a have a unifying vision to sew them all together to stitch them all together in this patchwork of a game um and it all works pretty cohesively and that's a huge accomplishment um yeah I when I've talked to NetherRealm people, uh, they've always said the same thing. It's like you have no idea how much it benefits us that the vast majority of what we do is made in house. Yeah. We don't have to farm it out. We farm out like you know we might farm out like the facial capture technology. We might farm out some of the graphic stuff, but for the sure. most part, the art, the uh, the gameplay, the online tower stuff, that's all done in house. They can all communicate with each other. We know what we want. We have a unified vision and we get to make our game with the money that we want. And that makes all the difference in the world. Like that really does. Then you don't have to outsource it to a guys that can make fighting games, but like, that's not really what they do. They don't have, they didn't make the art for it. You know, they don't know what to emphasize. They don't know what to pop, what pops, what, does, you know, yeah. I, and I think Dimps actually does a fairly good job in the games they've made. Like, I don't yeah. think they're terrible. I think they got um, but, they got a shit hand with Street Fighter Five and the, the low budget and having to get rescued by Sony and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I just think sometimes it happens, right? Like you just sometimes you miss it, and uh, it's unfortunate, but you will there will always be another time. You know, you can always make it right, and I think uh, that is what we're running into now. We just see like, even though all this horrible stuff has happened in the last three years, it they've come out of this. I think in my last blog I wrote it, they came out. They've they've shaken off the last bits of ash and they've emerged like a phoenix somehow. Yeah. On the ashes of this terrible situation in the world uh, with um, complete rollback net code. We're going to do 120 Hertz. We're going to maybe run it on PC. We're going to give it a million dollars. Like I, that's all literally everything you could have wanted is almost happening. And it, it's to me, even it's still a little hard to believe. Like yeah. that's crazy that we got all of that when you would have had to fight for just rollback back in like that, that would have been a war. It would have happened midway through the game would have launched with delay base. We could have got that. We did. Yeah. We're and I in my opinion the netcode is solid. I may have quabbles about the matchmaking, but I think the netcode holds up very well. Um I think that they have uh really done a good job with all those little things that again would have been a fight before. It was like we got to get to this one thing and then we'll get to the next thing. And we'll get to the next thing. And then it's like okay, well even in this time we've got every single part that we I normally complain about. You know, I still don't like the UI or whatever, but also like old habits die hard. You know, it's all those games that come from that part of the world for some reason just seem to have these really quirky, goofy UIs that just uh, I don't know who they're for. But that's it. You know, that's all. I can't really say anything about that. I agree. I, yeah. I there are times when I feel like it's almost like a too good to be true scenario because I, I you know, when when five came out and I, I really liked five, like the gameplay around five mm-hmm. and the rest of the package was just not not up to snuff. But it bummed me out that I couldn't play this game that I liked with a lot of people that I, you know, whose opinions I valued, like a lot of the, my friends that I played four with or Marvel with. And I, I don't think I'm going to get that same. I'm never going to get the magic of four again 
Um, no, we're just in too yeah. many different too. There's too many fighting games out right now. There's we're at different points in our lives, all that other stuff. But um, this to me feels like a second chance for five because it has all the stuff that I like about five in it, and it has a lot of my friends like yourself that are interested in this game when they they didn't necessarily find find favor with five. You know. Yeah, um, that's a total. That's a really good point, and and also like. You know, now that like the CPT stuff can do regionals and online is good, and you can enter online tournaments and stuff. You have way more incentive to keep playing, um, and just keep and you can keep playing with other people. You can find good matches really easily with locals. Like it, there's, it's a, a way better position than it would have been six years ago, ten years ago, however long it's been with Street Fighter Four. So I, yeah, I I totally get why people are excited. Like I, I am a Mortal Kombat guy, you know, for the most part. But hey, Street Fighter Six, it's Definitely got his hooks in me. I think about it a lot. Agree. Well, we we definitely talked about Street Fighter Six a lot. Uh, I think we I think we spent a total of like forty five. Like so, these absolute extras are supposed to be shorter than the average episode, and I think we spent forty five minutes talking about Perry. <laughs> <laughs> so next time, next time we'll spend forty five minutes talking That's about it. Drive Rush. Yeah, I, I could go forty five on Drive Rush. Trust me. Yeah, a lot I think we I think that. we will. I think I think maybe we'll make this an ongoing series. This has been a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. So. No, it's great. I think. Um, that's the fun part of fighting games. You know, like when I had time in a pandemic to look at games and stuff, I started looking at them in a more game designy intellectual. Why do I like these games? What are they, what synapses do they fire off at me? And fighting games are a huge one. Obviously I had to interrogate and I start to think a lot about these things and why they work. And I think that stuff is fascinating. Cheers. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap the episode up here. Uh, you can find us on twitch.tv slash spiral series, youtube.com slash spiral series. And if you search on Spotify, we are under absolute guard. Uh, the Twitter handle is absolute underscore guard. Reach out to us. If you guys have any suggestions for content, if you want to like hear a specific guest talk, if you want more of the street fighter six stuff, let us know. Um, thanks everyone. And uh, thanks Tanner for being here until next time. Yeah, of course. Toodaloo. See ya.